0: Help for HD Live is going on air in five, four, three, two.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This podcast is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today is a very special day. Um, As most of you know, Help for HD Live is the first ever podcast for the HD community. We've had over 130,000 listeners and have had, and we have over 500 episodes available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk, Spotify, and social streams. Today, we are introducing a new series on the show called HD Uncut. So these will be monthly shows with the HD community about real, true, and uncut topics, totally uncensored. And if you are interested in participating, please reach out to me via email. My email is lauren at help4hd.org. But it's only appropriate that we have this amazing guest on today for our first HD Uncut show because Chris Brown is never afraid of being himself and of speaking up when he needs to. He's fun-loving, so full of energy, and a really amazing advocate for the HD community. So Chris, thanks so much for joining me today for
2: our first HD Uncut show. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I was um, super excited when I saw your um, host. I saw you request me and I was like, well, you know, why not?
1: <laughs> so let's start off with your HD story and just give people an idea of how HD affects you and your family.
2: All right. Well, um, my mom had Huntington's disease. Um, she was uh, a foster child, so she, we were unaware of what was going on for, um, um, for quite a while before we figured it all out, but, um, I usually don't tell this part of the story, but, like, she, we, um, our religion, we didn't go to the hospital, we didn't go to the doctor, so it was, it was, it was what it was, but, like, we didn't go to (laughs) the doctor, and so... I will say that honestly, my uh, mom started getting sick um, probably, Lauren, like eight, five, eight years before we even um. Realized. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Before, well, we knew we knew, but we were just like adapting, and um, and like putting our head like in the sand and like just like coping and just not talking about it just like this is happening we don't know what's happening but we'll just do what we have to do and things just kind of like kept going and going and you know like it progresses and progresses and progresses so it's you know it's not like a one thing happens and then we you know adapt to that and then that's you know like the way it is no it's like one thing happens and another thing happens and something else happens and something else it's just a never ending
1: yeah you get Um, used to one new normal and then you have to do another new normal it's never yeah Yeah, you're never static
2: right absolutely um, and so it wasn't until my mom had a um brain aneurysm and like my dad was forced to like call 911 and like her, she was helicoptered to the hospital and like surgery was done. And like, then they were like, well, what's this stuff going on? And we were like, oh, well, she's been this way for a while and this stuff's been going on. And then, like, one thing led to another, and then she ended up being diagnosed maybe, like, a few like a, um, few months after that. Um, and then, you know, life went on. And, well, actually, no, I will say that when she found out <laughs> what was going on, um, the doctor literally came into the hospital room and, like... Um, and said, hey, so we figured out um, what's going on, you know, with Mrs. Brown, she has Huntington's disease. And then he starts saying, what well, Huntington's disease is, and then he, like, looks at me and is like, are you her son? And he was, I was like, yeah. he was like, well, you've 50% for having this too. And, like, this all happened and like, you know, a matter of, like, like we." You know, like dad had called and said, Chris, they want us at the hospital. They found, they know what's going on. Can you be here um, this day or whatever? And I was like, okay, yeah. And so I got there. And so it's like, we find out what it is. And like, I found out too, that like I was at risk for it all at the same time. And then, um, sure enough, my dad finally started getting in touch with my, uh, my mom's other brothers and sisters that they had all been separated at, um, at, when they went into the foster system and um and like come to find out all of them had it or um some some had died some were in nursing homes or some were still at home having it um and it was like wow you know um and then mom eventually went into the nursing home when she was there for six years and then she um eventually passed when she was fifty four. She went in a nursing home when she was um forty eight. Yeah, and then she died when she was fifty four. She was there for six years in a nursing home. Yeah. Um uh of course putting her in a nursing home was we felt so horrible and so bad. And um but she actually, you know, showed some improvement and like, you know, some sense of um quality of life improvement by being in a nursing home. So it was, a, uh, um, you know, it was, a uh, just a thing that every Huntington's patient family has to go through and make that decision. But yeah, we did that. And then, um, you know, she eventually succumbed to, um, um, aspirate, aspirating, silent aspirating because she couldn't control her swallowing, you know, and getting pneumonia and uh, all this late and then she just um, passed away one night, middle of the night, the way we kind of prayed she would and um, and um, she didn't go on a feeding tube. We had the option of like a month before she died we had an option of putting her on a feeding tube and um, we decided not to and um, um because there wasn't anything time wasn't her friend anymore you know and it had been 14 years yeah and we were like you know and eating was her thing cuz so like she loved to eat like she loved to eat my dad like, was a foodie too <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so she um we were like it's robbed her of everything, like everything. Like now we're going to put her on a feeding tube just to like see her, you know, still decline. It's not like, oh, we're going to put her on a feeding tube. She's going to get better. Right. No, she was only going to add time. And time wasn't her friend. I've always said that. It's like, it just wasn't her friend. And um, and I always make sure I say that that's a um decision for every family, you know, you never want to make somebody feel like adding i'm putting their family on wanting more time with their family member is a bad thing um i wish to god i still had more time with her you know but um for us it was just my dad was like we have to make this decision me and my sister and him was like we have to make y'all have two days to think about this and we're making the decision and we're never going to question it again we're never going to talk about it again it's never ever coming up discussion again after we make it and my sister said yes me and dad said no and we haven't talked about it since
1: (laughs) so how old were you when when you guys like when you found out that um you were at risk for it
2: um i was let's see i was in college i'm gonna say i was 20 maybe 21, 2021. How,
1: how, how did that make you feel being in college 2021 and finding out that you're at risk for this disease?
2: Well, here's the thing. I, well, of course it, it, uh, it like jolted me. It bolted me. It, it robbed me. It, um, it scared the daylights out of me. Um, but I didn't have time to, In the moment, I didn't have time, I didn't give myself time, I would say, to dwell on it because dad needed my help so much, mom needed my help so much. I was in college. I was trying to escape a little by going away to college and um so like that initial
1: was kind of just ignore (laughs) it like maybe if you you ignore it you can just keep on going
2: you know I mean how long long did that last (laughs) shut up I'm just curious (laughs) Um, I would say that it lasted um uh, until she passed until she passed, I was able to ignore it. Until she, well, not ignore. It. I was able to like keep the voices at a moderate, you know, yeah, um, coping level um, of silence. You know, I would still sneak away and Google and stuff, and you know, or or you know, on a long drive, you know, you know, sneak up stuff, and, and yeah, you know, you know, or um. But um, but yeah, I just you know I was just like I was in this forward moving process moment in my life, so I was like you know okay you know uh, it'll
1: not a time yeah. to worry about it. Yeah
2: yeah 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 it, it'll be fine it'll be fine you know I I I have time things out yeah and um so when she passed I was um twenty eight when she passed um so then. When, after she passed, I was like, I literally, I remember thinking like, okay, now that mom is gone, and you know, like I was going through that whole grieving process, I was like, um, I was like, okay, I can start to think about me, like, where does this, like, leave me? And, um, Kristen, get back, um... <laughs> And um I moved to DC and I started going to a support group. I reached out to um Kelly Hope um Kelly um Kelly Davies, not Davies, uh, Hope Keller, Hope Keller, yeah, or, um, okay.
1: yeah.
2: Um at Georgetown and um they had a support group and I started going there. And so that was like my first way of like, okay let me find out, you know, what's going on. Um, I was like, surely, you know, there's things in the works that my mom didn't never have access to or um, in, uh, in, in Mississippi and, you know, like in a small town with limited, you know, resources. And I was like, surely I can like, you know, educate myself about this, find out what's going on and, you know, It brings some type of, you know, because I remember having the feeling, like, I would tell people my mom died from Huntington's, they'd be like, what's Huntington's? And, like, that would, like, boil my blood, you know, because, like, she suffered for 14 years, and then when you tell somebody, oh, she died from Huntington's, they're like, what's that? it's like, really? You know? Like, it would just hurt my feelings for her and for me, and it would make me mad, too. And so I was like, if I... Just find out, you know, what this is, you know, and like, you know, be proactive and, you know, I get involved and like, try to make my story different from hers to bring validation to all the suffering that she went through, you know. Mm-hmm. and She wouldn't, she wouldn't have like suffered and died from nothing, like all her suffering and dying, like not having it. If I do something to change that, then you know
1: you know, I do, I do know I <clears> do <throat> know. So you get to a point where where you are ready to take on HD, um, kind of hit the ground running and start learning about it and um, and so did you choose to test?
2: Yes, yes, I did. I ha- I went through that whole process. So I found out, you know, there was a whole testing process and um, by starting to go to the doctor, um, go to see Dr. Anderson in Georgetown. And um, I was like, and so I went through years, that went, <clears throat> that was years and years. I would say from um, 29 to I would say 30, 34. I uh cause in 2016 is when I got tested. So I would say from um for like four years, I um was contemplating like should I get tested? Should I not get tested? Should I get tested? Should I not get tested? I go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Oh my God. For years and years and years and years. Should I get tested? Should I not get tested? And um, I remember at the support group one night, I asked um, Hope um Keller. I said, "Um, how do I know when um I wanted if I want to get um tested? Because I said I can have five days in a row where I say, okay, I'd come up with a positive reason, a valid reason to get tested, and then the next five days I have." Five valid reasons not to get tested <laughs> I was like I was like I mean there's no I was like there's just no ground like I <laughs> think that um you know that grounds me and makes me feel like okay this is this outweighs everything you know reason <laughs> and um and so then she said to me verbatim Chris, when your days of wanting to get tested outweighs your days of not wanting to get tested. And I was like, huh? She was like, yeah. She was like, you'll come. I said, will that day come? She was like, yes, it will. And sure enough, fast forward a year, maybe two years after that, I was like, okay. I want to get tested. this time. I want to get tested and um and i did and so i started the process it was a um 3 month process i ended up adding a month to it because i um, <laughs> i was on uh, the blood draw i was the week of blood draw i was like oh my god i can't do this i can't do this. so i called it and pushed it back another month.
1: <laughs> yeah that fear once they get that blood like oh right. god it's yeah. all over now
2: right right cuz i knew like if i did the blood draw i wasn't going to cancel the results day you know, no. so if anything the anything thing was that had a chance of being canceled was the blood draw day. You yeah. know, postpone and push it back, and so I added a month to it, and um, um, it was very, oh, so so scary, so so scary. Um, I um got my results. And my CAG chromosome repeat was 44, and, um, I tested positive for Huntington's disease. And I was like, "Of course you have it. What do you think? What were you thinking? You know? And like I felt oh. like I, like I felt like I knew like I knew I I, I don't know why, because now, looking back, I didn't know, but at the time, I was like, I know I ha- I, I know I have it." <laughs> and I don't know why, because I didn't know.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I did the same thing. Like, I I knew. Like, right. I knew bef- before I went, like, I have it. Yeah. This is, you know, and everybody was like, oh, no, there's no way that you have it, you know? And I was like, no, no, I- I'm going to have it. And so I went in prepared for having it. Um, and I don't know about you, but, for me, I had a sense of relief just knowing, right? Like it's no longer a question. Now right. I have something that I know, and now I can go from there. Right. So it was a right. little bit of relief, along with the roller coaster of emotions that that came after. Yeah. So uh,
2: it was. It was. Um. I remember laughing. I was like, <laughs> "Of course you do." What do you mean 50% of you don't? I mean, yes, I get it. Yes, it's 50-50. Great, get back. Get back. You got all this room to play. <laughs> um, And so um, I, uh, but like I had set myself up. I had a support group around, um, I had a, um, a support um around the foundation around me you know i had friends i had social workers i had therapists i had my family i had friends i had chandler dr anderson and um um so yeah that was a friday morning and the whole weekend i had stuff planned the entire weekend to like keep me busy you know i knew monday was coming i knew the weekend was going to end you know my Brother's gonna have to go back home, and you know, my friends gonna have to go. back, You know, like, and I was gonna have to be left alone, with, but um, with my thoughts, and they did come, and you know, and the information, it it hurts, and it 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 just um, it rips it, it just uh you know, it takes away everything, and I see, it, I shouldn't, and it shouldn't. Because and I, I guess I would say that like I took power of it. I took the rings. I took. Um. I was like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I gotta be. I just gotta. I gotta do something to make my story again different from my mom's. And so I um, I just dove in girl with um doing walks and fundraising and um conferences and just just doing every single thing I could to try to like make my um story different from my mom's, you know? And um and to like bring awareness and I did that, but like doing that, um, um, Lauren is a slippery slope. And I will say that because it's a two edged word getting involved in that way. Brings a lot of, um, like pain also. It's not, it's not like people say, Oh, you're so great. You're doing this, you're doing this, you're, you know, you're great and you're great and you're great. And like, I would do it again. I would the same way, but looking back and like, now that I'm like at the age now where I see signs and like, I know that it's starting and get back, Grayson, you get back, go back. Now that I'm seeing, um, signs and, you know, and having to start a little medication here for this and a little medication here for that, you know, and, um, um, or noticing people say oh you know um you know people be just being funny but like they'll say oh Chris why you do that so why you do that and I'm just like shit shit you know shit, shit. um
1: it's, it's the perfect response
2: yeah you know you know like you 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 write stuff off for years you know oh I've wrote off so many things girl you know, oh, I'm crazy. Oh, I'm quirky. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. You know, I'm this and that. And um, um, no, but like it's a two-edged sword with having being so involved because you know so much, and you yeah. make yourself so vulnerable, and you put yourself out there, and you you are seeing everything. You know, with them under a microscope, and you're opening yourself up for so much letdown and, um, you know, with trials and things of that nature. But um, the things I've gained, I feel like, are just as valuable as the um, more valuable than the things that have hurt me. But it doesn't negate that. Knowing so much and being so involved doesn't have a price. You know, just like somebody else who would say, you know, they find out, then they stay in their little, you know, bubble and they take care of their family and they just, you know, head in the sand type people. And so I, I'd, I'd never judge people who say, um, no, I don't want to, that's not the road for me. You know, I just want to live my life, my family, and enjoy what I have. And, you know, I get it. I get it. I do. But, um, yeah, but I am glad. But I will be a voice for you is what I said. And so I, um, and that's why I don't regret it because that's a lot of people who don't even have, don't have the option or they're, you know, they're scared or they have their reasons and their valid reasons. And, um. And they should be, those reasons should be respected. And so I just feel like, well, I'm, I'm, I love talking anyway. I got a big mouth anyway, so I'm, I'm going to put it to use.
1: Well, and you're and, great at uh, doing it. Um, I mean, you're you're great. It's Somebody once told me that um, what we do with advocacy and being willing to speak up about our story and stuff is very um, unique because we're taking on something that's extremely draining um and painful and and most people can't do that but for us it's it's more of a calling um you know to help not only others but ourselves in a way by being so open and 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 raw and um but it's a unique thing that most people cannot do so um the fact that you do it is amazing, despite the pain, because I do know the pain. Um, And, you know, you're talking about um, realizing symptoms and stuff. And that is something that I, you know, I don't talk much about right now. But I, um, I have recently been diagnosed with a neurocognitive disorder related to HD. And um, that's hard. It's hard to hear that, right? Like to know that, The things that you've been seeing are actually true, right? The deficits are actually there. um,
2: Um, Not to cut you off, Lauren, but um, yeah, like I, I mean, I'll just, I'll just say it. I'll just say, I, um, I'm starting to suffer from apathy. I I'm starting to, I have not, not starting. I'm starting to, I'm I'm like starting to get help for it, <laughs> but it's right. been starting. Like I almost like, and I don't want to talk about it because people won't people be like apathy. Chris, you're all over the place all the time, doing this and doing that, doing this, and doing that. And you're like, and I'm like, but, but I'm forcing don't... myself to. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. right. And I was like, but what you don't see is that with me in the morning when I wake up and I just yeah. don't, want to get out of the bed yes yes I do not and it's hard and then I don't until I have to do something you know and um, do you
1: find do you find that um when you do finally get up and you're doing things like you get tired easier for having to put forth that effort because that's one of my problems is just this absolute fatigue from Having to pretend to be normal. Um, and, you know, my brain is working harder to be normal, to remain normal and do the things I need to do. And then I'm just so exhausted.
2: Yes. Yeah. And I'm sitting there with my friends. I'm just like, man, I wish I was at home. Yeah. Yeah. Having fun. I can even be having fun. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, I would love to be at home. Man, I want to be at home. And I I'm think just it's like,
1: I am going to go home. Right. But the great thing is you're so aware of yourself that, you know, okay, well, this is what I'm experiencing. So I need to find something to help me. Right. Like that's, what's right. so good about where we are um, right. in our disease is that we are, we are aware of what's going on. Right.
2: Yes. Um. Yes. Um, so let's, uh, I want
1: to delve into. This is probably really personal, and you don't have to answer it. But um, are you experiencing anything else other than the apathy?
2: Um, my short-term memory is horrible. My apathy is horrible. My focus is horrible. My depression is horrible. My anxiety is horrible. My um my uh, my ability to um keep a train of thought is like harder. My ability to um just strike strike up conversations with people um and have word recall is yes. um, bad word recall yeah yes oh god um my my um those are seven things right there um that are like yeah And so my brain, I mean, I'm just having to put forth, so my math, forget it. Um, Sure, like, um, um, being able to, like, pivot quickly or Mm -hmm. respond quickly or, well, I can, yes and no. Like, I'm 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 okay, you know, like, I can, you know, if I'm driving, I can immediately make a decision, you know. Um, But, like, I... I see it happening in, in ways that um, affect me at work or in social life or um, yeah. or in my um, personal life with responsibilities. Um, um, I just have to overcompensate to keep, um, you know, to keep things, you know, to make things, to keep,
1: keep looking at
2: other people <laughs> from yeah. you know seeing it. And I don't know how I overcompensate.
1: So my dad used to, um I mean he was he was symptomatic, but he used to be able like I would tell him what because he'd ask me, he's like, do you see what I'm doing? And I would be like, yeah, you know, you you're you have this symptom here. Well then he'd focus on the one symptom that now he knew that he was aware and it would get better. And then he would work on certain things like, you know, just because our brains are so good with, um, with rewiring and um, with adapting and stuff. So he would work on that one little thing. So he could do really well with that. But then as his disease progressed, you would start to see, another symptom get worse because he was focused so much on, on making that one symptom better. And, um, he got to a point where he just couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't focus on trying to make all of them better. Um, but he used to describe it to me like that. He would say, okay, well, you tell me what you see. And then he'd focus on the one symptom and you could see him getting better with it. And then just as he progressed, he just couldn't control the other ones that were he was putting back here, you know? So, but it was really interesting, um, to watch because now I can see what he's talking about, um, and how hard it was for him to, to do that. Um, yeah. because he had to really focus and put energy towards that. So it makes sense about the overcompensating and, and really trying to work on that
2: right right i also um as we were talking i remember some other things that like i'm seeing i'm seeing myself lose interest um in things or like um or just have like no i i I'm, i i i i i i not interested in things things in In way. way. Like
1: it doesn't bring you as much pleasure to think about the things that you used to, like the stuff that you used to do
2: no I just don't have I don't have desire to like do do things like hobbies or gotcha or or like continuous day to day things that would you know keep me um busy
1: right
2: like I just I don't know it's so weird to say out loud I'm like um
1: it's not weird though I totally get what you're saying (laughs) I'm just letting I'm letting you talk because I you know
2: I I I, I experience
1: um, things too but I want to hear you know what you are experiencing because I think that especially, um, one of the problems that I think we have in the community is, is we haven't heard from those in this pre-symptomatic slash prodromal state, um, of what's going on and being so aware of ourselves of what's going on. Um, and it's a new territory. And so I like hearing what other people are going through because most of the time I feel crazy, right? Like,
2: all right. Well, I mean, if you really want me to say it, um, uh, I I will, I'm on meds. I'm not. I re, I say this, Lauren, but like, I am not ever going to commit suicide. But I think about suicide.
1: Yeah. Well, that's yeah. About, like,
2: oh my god. Like, I say, would it be nice if I could like have, like, just have a funeral before I die and then like just everybody be okay with me doing this and then I just take too many pills go to sleep and not wake up wouldn't that be amazing like I find joy in in that thought
1: mm-hmm.
2: I find a joy in the thought of I think it's um sleep, not waking do, you, up.
1: do you think that um, that's because you have control over how you die versus letting HD do the work. Or do you think it's just that passive thought that, that goes through? Cause I, look, I've had them too. I've had those passive thoughts and, um, it sucks, right? Cause, because then you, for me, at least I sit there and I go, oh God, well, now I feel guilty for having a thought cause I'm not supposed to have any of these and it becomes this snowball to my depression <laughs> where then I'm I am beating myself up for something that's actually pretty common, you know, where people have passive suicidal thoughts with HD. So um, so I'm curious, you feel like it's just a, it's because you can con- then control um, the way you go or um, is it more just the passive type thing?
2: I think for me, it's not necessarily control because like I've never been a person who wants control. Like I'm just not a control person. <laughs> I, um, I am a, I think it just general, genuinely comes from me saying I'm not going to do Huntington's.
1: Right, okay. Yeah.
2: Okay, as in, like, not as in like, I mean, maybe that is a a sense of control, but like, for me, it's like an escape. Like, how do I escape something I can't control? And I feel it would be so awesome to be able to escape, you know, the next 14 years, you know.
1: Yeah, of the Uh, downhill slide. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause like, after all, I feel like after all I've done, to not let this happen after all the clinical trials and after, you know, all the stuff that I've (laughs) done for these past six years, Lauren. And I'm like tired and I'm just like, okay, I've done all that, you know, and there's still nothing. And like, so whenever I'm at like 42, I just want to be like, you know, okay, I'm at 42. By then, I'm having, you know, because like I'm by myself. I don't have anybody. It's just me and my great-great. Grayson has a godparents who already said they'll take him for me. (laughs) Um, And um, um, I will. Best (laughs) dog (laughs) ever. I will um, just, you know, just not do it and I will, I won't have to hurt all the people that like for me, I, well, I have these panicky moments where I'm like, oh my God, like I have nobody. Like mm-hmm. I am alone. I mean, I'm not, but like I am when it comes to, uh, when it comes to keeping it real, like who's gonna pay my bills when I can't pay my bills? Who's Great. gonna, like, who's gonna come and take care of my house Cause you know it's a very slow process. It's not like I'm going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to fall out of the ceiling. Right. It's going. Oh, I'm going to start losing my job. I'm going to start like having trouble at work. I'm going to start having trouble taking uh, taking care of my responsibilities. I'm going to start having trouble uh, driving. I'm going to start having trouble doing everything that I do for myself. And I don't have anybody who can literally, you know say okay Chris just stay at home and I'll and like I'll and I'll take care of the bills I'll take care of you and during all that you know excruciating time of slowly losing you know my ability to do things so I have people who are going to be there when like okay I've lost my job I've lost my apartment I'm Grayson isn't getting fed, and they're going to step in you know you know, I have it. I have those people, but I don't have anybody who's gonna, you know, talk to my boss or or talk to my. You know, I don't have anybody who's gonna be there in the thick of it uh, during the small. You know. You know what yeah, I'm saying. I know when, what you're
1: you know, saying. During, during Do you the- think? Let me ask you a question related to that.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So obviously that's a huge problem, right? Like knowing that, that you don't have a, a significant other who's going to come in and and take on those responsibilities. Do you think it's the responsibility of the organizations, the nonprofit organizations that we have um, the disease groups to, um, to help with that, like being able to, to come in and explain things to your boss or, um, Being able to provide resources that you may not be able to um, find yourself, you know, being that, that you are alone. Like, do you, do you feel that there's a a lack there um, that could be worked on?
2: Lauren, girl, you're opening up. (laughs) Look, it's uncut. (laughs) (laughs) You are being what I call messy and I love it.
1: yeah it's what i do
2: that would be amazing
1: yeah yeah
2: it's not not even remotely there i mean as long as you can be proactive and get and as long as you can be proactive and taking care of yourself the organizations probably offer some t- something, maybe. But, girl, you're trying to make me cuz <laughs> So, no. um,
1: okay, no. so let's go. Let's go another route with this. Um, sure. <laughs> let's let's see. So, I'm trying to think of how how to word what I'm what I'm wanting to say. Okay. Um, what things
2: uh-huh. do
1: you feel? that we are lacking in the community whatever it is um it it can be anything um Mm -hmm. that we need improvement on um you know like right away
2: Mm -hmm. um first off i've always been an advocate for social workers we need people on the ground who are helping us i'm not talking about a um okay lauren there's a social worker here we have a social worker in Memphis, um, not in Memphis, in um, in um, Memphis here, not in Tennessee here, in my region. You know how how far away she lives from me? How far? <laughs> Three hours. <laughs> and and then and then you know what? She's part time. <laughs>
1: so her and her focus is probably not an all HD.
2: Uh right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, thankfully, thankfully I have insurance. Thankfully, I'm going to see a doctor that's local here, and thankfully they have um social worker. They have a social worker there, and who um who is not funded by HD or anything. It's just something that's at their at this clinic, and they see patients that have issues um you know genetic issues or whatever. And so I can go in on clinic day and see a speechologist and a um um. Um, the, these different uh, specialties, people who, uh, and so you, but you asked specifically, could HDS, HD community.
1: The things we need now, like what you think we right need now. right now that uh, needs to be social
2: worked work, on. Social workers who are out there offering resources or getting a therapy. For people getting, um, you know, like mental mental um, health um, yeah. um, access for There's people, a huge or, um, educating, huge educating, gap for mental health. Educating therapists, yes, about HD so that they can take on HD patients, yes, who are pre who are dealing with the, um, you know, the. the the mental the mental health and yeah depression and
1: uh, uh yeah i'm with you that's that is probably my top one right there is mental health yeah and okay. and having okay. something changed there right
2: yes yes um um educated therapists social workers um um those are so big. Those two right there are big. I could go on for days talking about those two. I can't even get to a third one. But for me, it's just like mental health. And I had the same issue when I was being in um, doing clinical trials for people. And um, they would say, oh, we don't offer, um, you know, like, oh, um, we can't afford to have um, um, a patient advocate. Um, like if you can't afford to have a patient advocate, you can't afford to have it to, to um to put on a clinical trial because you don't have anyone who is looking out for the well-being of the patient. We're left to your we're left at your mercy and you give zero freaks about me. you want this drug to work, and so you can make all this money and fine, okay, great, but
1: Right. We need somebody who is looking out for us when it comes to clinical trials on top of speeding it up, because like, as we said, we so we were both on the FDA listening session together. And um, I mean, it's a huge problem, this urgency, this feeling of we are running out of time. Every time, you know, there's a setback, it is literally restarting a clock for us. And so Not only speeding things up, but also, like you said, having somebody that is a patient advocate that is concerned for our well-being, not just looking
2: at the end points. Or at least have a freaking, I don't know, a social worker or therapist or somebody come by during your business, you know, like, okay, I'm going to do your trial. I'll do your trial. What are you going to do for me? Oh, I'll give you $100 for every visit. Screw right. you. Screw you.
1: Right. Script- Doesn't help us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, or the last um, CEO that I talked to said um, to a, um, a Zoom call with 50 people, trust me, guys, we want this bad, just as bad as you do.
1: <laughs> right. But we're the ones who, this is our life. Like these the, these are our lives. This is not. Trust
2: right. me, hey, guys. Yeah, we want this just as bad as you do. So we'll be getting on. We'll be trying to get get the things, the ball rolling on. Cause somebody asked a question. Trust me, guys, we want this just as bad as you do. Yeah. <laughs> you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hear you on that.
2: <laughs> you yeah. are scum of the earth. And now they're trying to come back for... I hear they are. If they do, I will be at their office. I have the address in Rochester, New York. I will be there. Lauren, girl, I'm going to be on the news. I don't know what news channel is up. It's in Rochester, New York. I will be on the news. On the news.
1: Hey, you know what? One of the things that we've learned is that you got. we've got to get loud, right? Like, us being... Right here where we are, right. um, and and I know everybody's tired. I know everybody like I feel it too. I'm exhausted f- for fighting, you know, yeah. having to fight and yeah. and everything. but the disease communities that have gotten the help are the disease communities that have gotten loud right And so at some point we have to be um, in right. order to get where we need to be. Um, right. And that time is now because we don't have the time for later. So I hear you. I do. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think that's what I think. Um, let's get loud. We let's should do it. We, we need
1: to put that to something. i will have to figure out how we
2: get that approved. Um. <laughs> Go into that, what you just said. Do what now? But like when you dream of us getting loud, what is our getting loud like when you like dream of Huntington's getting loud? yeah, what does it look like in your mind? Oh
1: my goodness, um that might be a question for another day because I oh. I have so many thoughts on it um uh-huh. you know and and just um, it's not just like a social media a social media thing. it is literally you know, it's literally voicing what we as people with HD um, are experiencing to the FDA, pharmaceutical companies, more than that, going into long-term care facilities. But but it has to start at a government level, right? Because all of these programs feed into um, everything else. And so I, you know, it's basically getting loud at a government level and um, saying, look, we are just as important as all these other disease groups. And, you know, we are limited on time and we need you to listen. And um, I think we've, we've taken the first step with that, with the FDA listening session, but we have a long way to go. Um, But I think that I I just have so many ideas when it comes to that. So we'll have to save that for another day, but I like that question and I'll definitely answer it.
2: I'm so glad we got 10 minutes left, an hour, 30 minutes. Oh, wait, it's been an hour. (laughs) That's okay. That's why the show is what it is. We just got on, on, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm
1: glad to hear that because I have totally enjoyed it. Yeah, so, great. so do you have any, before I let you go, because I mean, we could probably talk for hours about this stuff. Um, do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with any of the community?
2: Um, I will say that I think we should um just stay positive, choose to be positive. Just choose, choose, choose to be positive. There, can, there are so many, there's a million reasons to not be positive and to be negative, but I'm um, just like, choose to be, it's a choice. And it's, I just feel with you know, so many clinical trials and things that have falling through, and I feel like we're, we're in this space right now, this lull. And I mean, and it's like people, get scared or lose hope or faith and um I just want to tell people to like just try to stay positive and keep you know keep that hope just keep it yeah that's all we have basically
1: yeah that's great Chris thank you so much for sharing um what you have I mean uh you, we really delved deep today, and and I really appreciate that you were so open and raw. And um, I don't know about you, but like after I share stuff like that, I I get drained and have to be like quiet for a little while. But um, uh, I I appreciate that you did it,
2: and I'll be okay.
1: You were <laughs> so for those that are listening, I do want to encourage you um, to tune in on Saturday, we are doing a help for HD hype education day. Um, the theme is yes, no, maybe so, and we will have some research updates that are really exciting. Um, that will hopefully bring some hope to people. Um, specifically, I think Perlenia is going to be on there. Um, and I can't even remember the other ones right now, but that is um, 11 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can go to helpforhd.org 4 um, to find out more information. And uh, I know Katie and Katrina will also be sharing it on social media, the the live stream of it, so people will be able to watch Um but another great thing is uh, Dr. Ed Wild will be on to answer questions for the community, uh, which he's always a blast to listen to. So um, I highly encourage you to tune in if you can on Saturday for that really great event. Um, and until next Thank time, you, guys. Thank you yeah. so
2: much for all you do. You hear oh. me? Hear me? I'm serious. Thank you, Lauren.
1: Thank, Thank you. you
2: so so much because you're like in the fight and you're you are like oh my god yes yes well
1: thank you chris i really appreciate that and you know just like you i'm just trying to be a voice for those with hd and and um this is this is a passion for me to yes to make a difference you know
2: yes and i appreciate it yeah Yeah. and grayson said you too
1: Yes. Well, I I want to pet the dog so bad. Um, I'm I <laughs> i can not see the dog and I'm like, oh, I want to pet it. Um I love great Danes, by the way. But <laughs> um so for anybody also, let me mention this. If you are wanting to participate in these H D uncut shows that are happening monthly, please reach out to me. My email is Lauren, and that's L-A-U-R-E-N at H E L P, the number four, H D dot org. Um, And we will set up a show so you guys can come on and um, it is uncensored uncut real topics, the real HD. Um, So you in Scotland. Oh, I know I'm so excited about going to Scotland. So yes we'll have yeah. to have a great time you? there oh, I like, yes yeah. it'll be great oh. um so anyways, for people okay. listening make sure that you tune in every thursday 4 p.m eastern standard time and love you guys and take care
2: bye
0: thank you for listening